0: Coming to you from CPP Radioactive Studios. This is the Lake Take with Chris and Daniel. I'm Chris, and guess what? I'm Daniel. <laughs> we're both here.
1: Yeah. Um, um. Not really thrilled with the way I said I'm Daniel. It sounded really lame. We could take it back. Let's keep. Do let's keep it going. Um, but I'm just.
0: I'm so excited to have you here right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's fun. I mean, we're really getting desperate on where and when we can do the podcast because of our schedules. That we're literally doing this in your car.
0: Yeah, um, CPP Radioactive Studios today is um, coming to you from a car. What'd you call it? A podcast um we're doing a podcast a, yeah a podcast. hard cars we're doing yeah. A podcast. i wasn't the one you gave over with that pun today it was all daniel uh man it's so good to see you yeah no no it's fine it's like we haven't talked Lakers. about ba- there's been 12 games into the season and we have not talked lakers basketball once in person
1: yeah, yeah it's been rough
0: it's insane man like is, this is something we do all the time it's,
1: it's good that we got the group chat to keep us going strong but it is way better to do it on a podcast oh, that no one listens. But to,
0: But I'm glad the reason that we have, you know, I know it's going to sound like it sucks, but I'm glad we haven't been together for the sole reason that you're an intern now at Lakers Nation, so it gives us more credibility and it makes us look oh, yeah. more legit, you in, know what I mean?
1: In the internship at Lakers Nation has just been awesome. It's it's It was a trip seeing, like, Ryan Ward. <laughs> That's a tag team effort, by the way. Yeah. I helped you out with that. Oh, yeah, you're the one that sent me the Twitter notification on it, so... I appreciate that greatly.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good deal. to see you. Uh, I think what also helps is the fact that this team doesn't have us feeling like complete shit right now. That curse word is brought to you Puddling by cross- at Crossbones Podcast. Even oh, yeah. though we only use it for f bombs, well, I'm trying not to curse <laughs> as much on our podcast here because I think we should yeah. be a little more professional. But.
1: Just, you know, you know, it's just. Sometimes come out.
0: Truly, really got not to feel like shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I think we, I think all Laker fans can agree on that. It's just really good to you know be in a good mood now. Uh, you're mm-hmm. seeing a team compete. Uh, they brought it up on the radio yesterday that this team has been in uh, has had the lead in ten uh, games out of the twelve we've played in the fourth yeah, it's quarter. Only two of them that we um, haven't, and that's what you love to see. That's I mean, I mean yeah, this even, team, is, this team is doing it. This team is exceeding expectations right now, and it's looking like Jim Buss might keep that job.
1: Yeah, because even in the blowouts against Oklahoma City and Minnesota, there was times where we fought back, and it looked like because with Oklahoma we City, we were only we're, down eight yeah. against
0: Minnesota. I thought we were going to be able to get back in that game, but as I have mentioned before, the officiating hasn't exactly benefited the Lakers too much, and I felt that the officiating got in the way in that game and they let wiggins go to the line and kind of just seal it oh yeah because uh I, I mean you guys were texting the group
1: chat i was actually listening to it illegally at work and uh so i've when i was just hearing the call when he says illegally at
0: work he doesn't mean that he was listening to it through illegal means oh he no means he's not supposed to be listening <laughs> yeah, to it at, at work. work yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i actually bought league pass so that that's it's all it's all above board and
0: why not <laughs>
1: exactly exactly but um yeah, without getting too much off topic, there um, we have played well in every game. We've I've felt like we've could have won every game, and that's why even though this shriek, this streak of really tough games coming up, I believe it's 18 games in 30 days. Um, I believe that it's going to be it, we're going to see a lot of positives come out of this trip. So um, let, first, let's get let's get well, back to the Brooklyn. Well, game. Well,
0: before we get into this Brooklyn game. Um, You know, I had my chance to kind of give my piece on on what I've been impressed with so far this season, and I kind of just wanted to pick your brain a little bit and just kind of see where you're at. Uh, So, number one, what overall with the team, what's impressed you the most so far?
1: Oh, I mean, you got to go with the ball movement. The ball movement's been just tremendous. It seems that it almost comes to a a detriment to uh, D'Angelo Russell's game a little bit because it seems like he is really looking to pass and really uh, looking to get other people involved, and I think that... When the offense comes more naturally to him and he's not really thinking through a lot of things, those assist numbers and point numbers are going to go up for him when he can just execute this offense very well. Um, Obviously, Julius Randle has showed that um, a jump shot doesn't really matter, although he has been making a few here and there. So it seems like he is better at shooting that mid-range jump shot, but it's still not exactly where it needs to be. But I'm still really impressed with his overall game. With how well he's been really playing defense. I mean, it's just been night and day between this year and last year. And lastly, um, I really just want to apologize to Lou Williams. Um, there's been a lot of times we called him Pooh Williams. <laughs> and I know that you talked about uh, Pooh on the last uh, podcast, but. I did. A, I get. I had my apology yeah, you for you. Yeah, you did the same thing. Um, but he has really shown that we do not need Jose Calderon or Marcelo worth Like we don't need either one of those guys anymore because Lou Williams is able to provide, uh, a quasi like point guard role where he doesn't. He's not necessarily playing a point guard, but he can handle the ball and uh, really get to the basket for us. I mean, between him and Clarkson. We have just two killers on the court when it comes to scoring the basketball. So he's really proven me wrong. He's, ma- he's really brought us back in some games, and uh, I just want to say sorry. You've even played a little bit of defense. I know that it's not all the time. It's mostly um, the guy's not paying attention. You steal the ba- basketball from him from behind. But you've proved me wrong. I'm happy to have you on the team, Lou. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts for this season
0: so all right. far. All right. Now that's overall what's impressed you. Now I'm going to individual on the team. Um, who on the team is most impressed you the, the most? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I think it's the easy answer. You got to go with Julius Randle. Um, Julius Randle has really shown that he could really, his strengths are a lot better than your strengths sometimes on a given night. Yeah. He's able to, uh, see if he's going to work you through a finesse game. If you're a lot, uh, smaller, I mean, a lot bigger than him, or he can just power through you if you're a lot smaller than him. Um, it also, just his defense, being able to switch onto pick and rolls, and he's come up with a lot of key blocks in fourth quarters against like the Atlanta Hawks, Golden State Warriors, and there was one other team where he came up with a key block in the fourth quarter. And he's able to when he switches on to uh, those p- point guards, it's not it's not hurting our defense. And I think that's a big thing because, a lot of the reason that we're playing well this year is we're creating a lot of turnovers that lead to easy buckets, yeah. and early yeah. offense has been our best friend so Young far Young teams get in
0: the passing lanes for sure. Yeah, totally,
1: and it just seems like him and uh, the difference between this year and last year, too, is it just seems that Larry Nance and Julius Randle
0: have their hands in the right spots. Oh, they're, they're very active, like and you could switch, th- and I think the fact that you can switch them on to a... Uh, on to point guards, like you were saying, is a mm-hmm. huge – is a, just a huge plus because we have big guards on this team, and they're able to pick up the the guys that they switch mm-hmm. on to as well, which really does disrupt the yeah. team, and they've been getting you know great steals because of it. Yeah, and
1: um, yeah, they've just been great uh, defensively. But it's just – it's weird because I feel like a lot of the time when the play gets congested, I feel like the Lakers would get a foul call on a lot of the um, – a lot of the swipes and blocks that Randall and Nance went for. But this year, they're not getting foul calls. And I think they just know how to place their hands, when to attack the ball, and not pick up the foul. I mean, we're still a really bad foul, uh, fouling team. Like, we're we're putting people to the line, it seems like, at will. And we're turning the ball over a lot. Those have been the disappointments so far this year. But I feel that we're still creating a lot of early offense, which is helping us... Um, Helping us get points early because so we don't have to completely execute in the half court. So it's it's been working well. well let me for us. Ha- let
0: me ask you this though: Do you, Would you rather this team get off to a great start or kind of have one of those starts where they're where they're kind of struggling? They're in the hole a little bit, maybe like eight, ten points, and they have to kind of battle their way. So back? So what
1: we have been doing? Yeah, what we
0: have well, <laughs> it, because it, you had meant, you know we had mentioned this on our walk to CPP Radioactive Studios, aka my <laughs> car, um, that. Uh, when they get off to these hot starts, you have uh DeAngelo Russell, who you know he had five threes um against Brooklyn, and uh, uh like I mentioned, Nick Young against Dallas got off went five for five. You know he put up thir- the first thirteen points for the team, and the one thing I you notice in the with what happens is the team got very relaxed mm-hmm. and almost too relaxed to the point where they let the team get back in and they just the rhythm wasn't right for the rest of the game. They didn't have the right. Right mm for the right power. Obviously, against Brooklyn, that was a different story. Yeah. But um, with Dallas, you know, they, they got beat up pretty bad because uh, they weren't able to keep matching that energy that they started out with.
1: Yeah, and, and that has been rough on us. Um, well, actually, it hasn't been that rough on us. A lot of the time, we're able to come out kind of slow, get a little beat up, and then Luke is able to make those adjustments that uh, help us win the game eventually. But I would really like to see us get out to some easy... Uh, like, some good starts so we can get some easy wins because this team deserves that. We shouldn't have to fight and crawl and claw back into every game. But, you know, I'll take a a win's a win. That's what what I'm happy about. But I would like to see more energy come out from the first quarter.
0: Okay. Well, moving on to uh, the Brooklyn game since we were talking about it right now. Um, You're saying a win's a win. and. A lot of people would say that in this case, because you, know, you look at the score, 125 to 118, and a lot of people are going to say you know, Brooklyn was without Jeremy Lin, um, they have a bunch of nobodies. You look up and down that roster, not a lot of people are going to know you know, who a lot of the guys are. Um, but the thing is, Kenny Atkinson um, has his team. You know He had that team coming in at, I think, 4 and 5, 4 and 6. And they show that they're uh, a team that's well coached and that can play hard.
1: Yeah, it seems that they were having a similar uh, start to us on the other end at the Eastern Conference because coming into the season, uh, Brooklyn and us have had a similar uh, win projection. It's around 24 wins, and a lot of people didn't see that team doing too well because, one, they had depleted their draft choices – to get Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Um, and that's why Boston has been in such a good situation recently. But um, they just got a, a GM from uh, the San Antonio Spurs. I forget his name, but weird enough, I know he's from New Zealand. <laughs> huh. uh, like, I, I picked that up because that's where my mom's from. But anyway. Well,
0: that's the guy they, they, they paid all that money to, you, huh? Uh, yeah. And yeah.
1: He, he's supposed to um, he's supposed to build them back up. And what he's done is he's... Dug deep into the D League. Um, one uh, one thing that hasn't been really tapped into so far in the NBA, because if you look at like the San Antonio Spurs where he uh, came from, he they were the first teams to go f- foreign. They're, they yeah. got Manu Ginobili, yeah. they got Tony Parker, so that was a real big advantage of them. So now you see San Antonio, and now you even see Brooklyn with the likes of Sean uh, Kilston, right?
0: No, like uh, Sean. Uh Kilpatrick, 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 yeah. Kilpatrick. and you uh, wrote a you wrote a nice little thing about him on like on your Lakers yeah. Nation preview. I saw that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and Sean Kilpatrick uh, was um, actually last year. I'm so glad
0: you have to do research for them now, because now this really is gonna benefit. Yeah, like it's just now <laughs>
1: I just know what's going on. Um, yeah. But last year, actually, Sean Kilpatrick uh, was picked up like hours before a game. Like he was playing, I believe, in uh, Pennsylvania or somewhere in the East Coast, and the Brooklyn Nets actually called him up. Right before they played the Knicks, like the day of, and he had to drive all the way from I think Pennsylvania over to New York just so he can play in that game. So his story is actually really cool. But anyway, they have the likes of Kilpatrick, they um, Bogdanovich, man, Bogdanovich, whoa. yeah. So they're really trying to uh, get creative with the ways they find their talent, and I think that they're going to be they're they're going to be better than people, or they already have been better than people expected. Yeah, so yeah, far. They're, they're
0: playing really good basketball. Yeah, right?
1: and. Um, You know, when they get Jeremy Lim back, they'll be fine. But I think that, um, like you said, Atkinson had uh, them playing hard against the Lakers. They weren't going to just fall over and let us walk in and get the victory. And that's what made it so so great to see D'Angelo get off to that hot start so it was able to put us ahead at the end of the first.
0: Well, and uh, let's talk about the hot start. A lot of that had to do with great ball movement, and all of those shots he took were relatively wide open and uncontested. I'm going to – there was two of them where there was just a guy standing in front of him, and that's the most contention he got for those threes. <laughs> but it was just great to see that that ball movement. You know, it was really moving around. Started with Randall. He that's how he got his uh, most of his assists early. And I then think he um, had seven in the first. And what also helped out was uh, Mozgov had gotten two early dunks. So on one of those pl- on one of those threes, uh, Julius passing the ball for a dunk, and he ended up just passing it back to D'Angelo who was open for his fifth three, and he hit it. And uh, I remember I was going crazy, and it's like it's funny because it's like with that much ice in his veins, how is he so on fire?
1: <laughs> I know, no kidding, huh? You know
0: what I mean?
1: Yeah, was, I, I liked it, Chris. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> but um, uh, to tell you the truth, the one thing that it was really good about that first quarter is you love to see the two man game between Julius Randle and DeAngelo Russell because those guys are projected to be. Two of our top three players in, in our future with our
0: core right now. Well, and that's the thing that surprised me so much this year is a lot of people were. I mean, even if you go back into the the um, off season, a lot of people were asking, you know, where's Julius Randle going to be at with this team? And we had addressed it too, you know, saying that, you know, we had we. I think you know we've had faith in Julius this whole time, but a lot of people were kind of surprised. Oh, where's this coming from? You know, he's a se- he's a seventh overall pick. We didn't, you know, how's this guy this good? And it's like. You know, and Mike Trout brought it up yesterday on, on ESPN Radio, and I and I kind of wanted him to talk about it a lot more because he was saying that he's always projected to be a top two, top three player, you know, anywhere he was. Even even if you look at initial draft projections for his draft before MB uh, before anybody really got to see Embiid play, Julius Randle was a top three pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and we had seen you know we had seen this coming, and he was one of the better players in college basketball the year you know he came out and one of the better averages uh you know rebounding the ball and scoring um so you know just to like you said just to see him uh show that he is hey I'm one of the I'm going to be one of the future stars of this team too it has been really nice and that game that two game man game he's got going on with uh, Russell is great and I'm glad you brought up you know the two of them specifically cuz their post game interviews were great after the game um they I asked guess. they asked D'Angelo, you know you got off to a great hot start with those five triples you know um, were you just feeling it or what? And he he had said he was feeling it, but he he gave all the credit in the world to Julius. Yeah, and you saw and then you they asked, got cute on Twitter too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. did you see when they or oh, and we'll get to those cute tweets right now. But uh, <laughs> they when they went to Julius and they asked him, you know, um, you know, you got those assists going, you got the team going. Um, how did it, you know, what really uh, contributed to that? And he said, oh, D'Angelo hitting hitting those three. So they were giving each other credit. And you in interviews alone, you're seeing how unselfish this team is and just how unselfish they are together. And the thing about the second unit is, you know, the second unit has been incredibly unselfish. They're the most unselfish players that we have on the team. And that's just one thing that's really helped out overall. Now, in Brooklyn, the one thing you started to notice was um, the Lakers are are starting to realize that they're a better team than, you know, people gave them credit for. And I think they're surprising themselves as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they do... they. They stopped moving the ball early, which got them those, you know, those quick shots and those those easy shots. And they started playing a lot of iso ball once uh, once Brooklyn was starting to kind yeah. of cut back into the lead. And that's one thing I didn't like to see. And I saw from Brandon Ingram like two, three times up the floor. He just held onto the ball and was trying to make something happen. And that's not really, you know, the team has really got to just stay grounded in uh in being unselfish and you know not so much one of them having to step up and make the plays because they're not ready yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think Brandon Ingram just was remembering that fadeaway shot he made in New Orleans over Anthony Davis <laughs> when he was <laughs> when he came over for the double team
0: and how pretty that was. He's like, "I'm just going to be pretty again." again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, he did mention after the game that um he's been really impressed with his defense and he feels like he's been getting better defensively, but he just hasn't been that impressed with their with the uh, with his offense overall to this point. But I mean, it's it's really a a, a learning game for him. You know, it's a, a He's he's really gonna have to learn how to score in spots because with how skinny he is right now, it's really easy for defenders to push him off of his spots and you know get him get him at least a little out of out of his comfort zone.
1: Yeah, I mean just looking at Brandon Ingram, it's insane how long he is. He's just so long. He's able to just people don't realize either how long he is because he's able to pick up on some of these weak side blocks and everything. Oh, and, and some
0: I, great blocks in this yeah, game, too, it was, Brooklyn. Yeah, it's,
1: it's wonderful to see that because this is all just complete instinct as of right now. I mean, we're only 12 games, 12 games into the season, and we're already seeing the potential of Brandon Ingram being that lockdown defender. And that's one thing, like, since this downward spiral of the Lakers, every time we've drafted someone, we've drafted someone that had great offensive prowess. Like, they were looking for offensive guys, and I understand that you need to put the ball in the basket, and sometimes your offense is your best defense, but when we got uh, Brandon Ingram, the most exciting thing about him was his defensive potential, and that's like when I like hearing comparisons to him, it's not necessarily Kevin Durant, but I love hearing the Kawhi Leonard uh, comparison for Brandon Ingram, because I believe that he can be a lockdown guy like him, and And I like
0: his crucial man. Yeah,
1: and um, I I am gonna like to be able to see Brandon see start creating for people because which he has been doing because they've yeah, been letting point, him yeah. play some point guard and then also just be that defensive stopper. But call it point Ingram, point Ingram, yeah, and that's good.
0: Point Randall's been really nice in transition too lately.
1: Well, yeah, and that's see that's one thing too about Randall is Randall's really able to find people on in the open court. It's just
0: it's just beautiful. And and the one thing I've noticed is he's been. Um, and I, I mentioned this last week in the post. He's been really controlled and really patient. But you're also seeing this, too, on the fast break. You're seeing him slow down sometimes and observe. Also, uh, or this is where I get off topic and I start talking about other people. I'm not just on Randall right now. Yeah. Um, I was just about to start talking about Clarkson, too. Uh, but <laughs> you're seeing him You're seeing him slow down and realize that last year, a lot of times, you would see him come down, play point Randall, and then zoom a pass just straight out of bounds because he was going so fast. Mm-hmm. But now he's seeing the floor better, and he, he's making better judgments. And shifting over to Clarkson, that's one thing I've been impressed with him um, the most is just how he how he slows down. On the break, you saw him do that, that really cool move where he like, kind of juked out Bogdanovich and then he took it to the hole. Well, on that, I remember what was really cool is at one point you saw him, okay, he was about to attack and then he stopped because mm-hmm. he realized it wasn't there yet, waited a couple seconds more, did, the, did his little move on Bogdanovich, drove right by him, had an easy layup in the hole, and uh, that's one thing you weren't seeing last year, or the year before. It was just so fast. He was just, I'm gonna attack no matter what, even if there's guys there waiting for me. And now you're seeing him make smarter decisions when it comes to going to the hole. And the other night he wasn't necessarily scoring that well, but he was, like you said, he had five steal, he had five steals against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he was really, um, he said after the game that he was really just trying to find a way to make an impact on the game no matter what he can do. And that's one, that's what I love about this, about our stars mainly in D'Angelo and. Uh, and Julius, they have both made comments like that before when th- when they're not putting up points they're now they're now thinking of what el- okay, what else can I do to help affect this game and that's what that's really wh- um what you want to see out of your your court your main guys yeah
1: um I agree, and I think that uh one thing Clarkson has taken away from the previous uh coaching staff was the, the way he keeps people on his hip <laughs> yeah uh-huh. um, he does that really well, he gets a lot of and ones with that um Move in particular, I like. Yeah, that Billy he,
0: Mack brought it up uh when uh, against uh, Brooklyn as well. He was saying that you know, not only Clarkson but D'Angelo has a, does a good job of that as well. And I think um he, I think D'Angelo learned that from Jordan. Yeah. And Jordan definitely learned, learned that from, from Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. Yeah, that's <laughs> a huge. The the on the hit move is a big Steve Nash move.
1: Yeah, that was always so annoying when Steve Nash was able to do that, but. Yeah, I, I like what I see out of Jordan Clarkson. I feel people are staring at us coming out of their cars right now. Yeah, we'll we look like freaks. Let
0: them stand.
1: <laughs> um, Radioactive territory. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that um, our guards have proven that they can play well offensively and on certain games when they do show up defensively that it helps our team tremendously. And so I feel like as we go on, we're going to see both D'Angelo and Jordan Clarkson pr- uh that they can play well uh, defensively, and that um, this team will be really good in a couple of years.
0: Uh, how? How? Okay. Now, overall, with the you know we got the win against Brooklyn. We put up 125 points. I think this is our fourth game already putting up 120 points. And we only had two in the last
1: the last. Year we, only or t- we
0: only had two under Byron. Yeah. Um, and we already had four this year. How crazy is it that you know this team <laughs> has won seven games already? Like. I think we uh, or I haven't I haven't seen how long it took us to win seven games, but I know um it took us thirty three games to win six last year. Well, um, we won our seventh
1: game. This is our second time winning seven. Our seventh game in two (laughs) thousand (laughs) sixteen, because um the last time we won our seventh game was on January first of twenty sixteen. Damn. I forget who gave me that. So I stole that directly from somebody. (laughs) I forget though. But, yeah, it's our second time winning our seventh game in 2016. So that's pretty incredible already. Going 7-5, and five, thinking that there was no way we were going to be able to stay above 500 um, this whole season. But now this, we, there's been a few games in a row where we're able to stay above 500 because we're able to beat teams that we shouldn't beat, and we're beating the teams that we should beat.
0: Well, and now we're showing people that we're a lot better, too, than, than, what, they, than what the people thought the Lakers were going to beat. And this is this brings up my point. Last year, you know, I, I had always said, you know, as long as this, we have. I always felt the Lakers had the talent to have a, a a really good, you know, team, or at least a team that's going to win more than thirty games. Um, as long as they had the right coach, and you know, it proves now last year that we did not have the right coach. Yeah. All right. Um. So we are going to uh, uh talk Kurt- about one last thing here. Yeah. Um. And I almost got away. Uh. We're gonna mention some more Luke Walden. Yeah. Uh, we, we just really can't get enough of him. And uh, just the way he's adjusting, that game against Brooklyn, um, I thought it was great. The, fir- the first unit and the second unit, for whatever reason, weren't meshing well after, like, the, like when you go into the later first quarter and into the second quarter. And you saw um, Luke already starting to make adjustments, and I, I can't say enough about the adjustments he makes because he he started tinkering around, Right? okay, well, let me take out uh, – you know, I think at one point he put uh, Nick Young out there with Clarkson and with Russell. He was trying new things. You know, mm-hmm. he was trying to see um, what he could mix up to, to really get the team going. And, I, I mean, I was watching backstage Lakers yesterday, and I remember just screaming like, hell yeah, at um, when they were playing – they were showing them when they were playing Golden State, and he was in the huddle. And I know I mentioned this last time before um, about how he told – the Lakers when they are playing the Kings take, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. And I just love hearing him tell him, like, you guys will not, like, he was telling him in the huddle, you will not let these guys take the lead. You will not let them back in this game. We are taking this game, all right? You will not let them take this from you. Mm -hmm. And I just love how, oh, my, I just love how when he talks, they're engaged and they are listening and they are buying in. And you could just tell there's a total trust and bond between this team. And he is really... Set that example and has really made this, you know, a fun team. The Angela Russell was saying, you know, when they break huddles, they they chant, "I love basketball." I love that that is the team's motto. <laughs> yeah. It Thank you, yeah, it is hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious because you know, Meta said it, but it, it just shows that how much they are they're behind each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: yeah. And um, just with Luke Walton, um, I think that he's definitely taken advantage of what he learned in Golden State, brought it down here. I think that he's also learned a lot from Phil Jackson and with letting our teams play through a lot of stuff instead of calling the timeouts. Um I also think that he's called some great timeouts, especially yeah. going back to Golden State when he called some early timeouts. I'm a big to calm fan down. of the,
0: I'm a big fan of the 10 point lead timeout. Yeah, the,
1: yeah. Yeah, just calm down our team, remind them where they are and uh just to make us keep on going on forward. But also I like that <laughs> the best thing about Luke for me so far is Um, post-game. If we won, he'll bring us down a notch. If we lose, he'll bring us up a notch. It's almost an inverse thing. So if we're winning, he's making the players think about something else. Oh, okay, so you beat Brooklyn, but hey, man, we we didn't play that great a defense. We we needed to pass the ball more. Oh, we lost. Well, D'Angelo looked really good. He just missed a lot of open jumpers, but those are going to fall. Or, hey, mm-hmm. we played really good defense in this area. It's just every time something negative comes up, he spins it positively. And every time something positive comes up, he doesn't spin it negatively, but he also brings up that there's a lot more room to improve.
0: Well, adding on to that, Julius Randle had a triple-double in this last game, and uh, they asked Luke about it, you know, how you know are you impressed with the fact that, you know, you have a player who's able to do this. And Luke said, you know, yeah, he, uh, he had a good game, and, you know, he made a triple-double. He's like, but I could, he's like, there's five or ten plays out there where he, you know, he uh, wasn't involved in the offense or uh, he gave up on D. And it's like you said, you know, he he's spinning it because he's he's reminding these, you know, it's it's he's keeping them grounded. Yeah. He's and, and the way you know and the one thing that happens is it keeps them looking forward, mm-hmm. and that's one you know that's a great thing you like to see here uh, from these guys, um, especially with you know Luke at the the helm, uh, helping him out is you know. They beat Golden State, and already the first message was, okay, yeah, we beat Golden State. You know, be, be happy about it, you know, right now. Yeah, move, move, on to on. The, move on to the next game. We're already going to the next game. We really have to look forward to that. And that's just, that's the right message. You know what I mean? Um, you, you don't want these guys to get too high, too low. Because if you let them get too high and they come out in the next game and they get smashed, it's going to bring them down really low. So you have to keep them at a level head. You know, you can't fill their mind with false hopes. And uh, it's just, it's awesome to see you know th- i'm glad you brought up that point that you know luke does do that you know he does spin things and the one thing that does is it always keeps you thinking mm-hmm. you know it keeps these guys on his toes it keeps them ready
1: yeah definitely speaking of thinking i'm thinking about our current 18 next 18 games <laughs> our next 18
0: our games next are, 18
1: all right it's gonna be rough there's 18 well, let, games let me, let me ask
0: you about th- about this including with the next 18 games is this team a playoff team it's, it's, are you it's, ready? To, are you ready to say that they can make the playoffs yet? Somebody, I've been asked this question twice already, and it is hard for me to answer.
1: No, I, I don't think they're going to end up making the playoffs. I think that, I mean, if you look at this next 18 games, we're going to be lucky to win. Um, if we broke even, that would be amazing. If we went nine and nine in this next 18, and so it's just going to be rough to stick above, uh, keep our heads above 500. I think that if you win around 40 games, you can make it into the playoffs, just depending. But you still got to think that this team is young, where a lot of things are going right currently, but some things can go wrong. And when around later in the season, around Christmas time, people are going to have a lot of tape on Luke's Luke Walton's Lakers. So yeah. they're going to know how to play us a lot better. So we could, I just don't think we're going to. I'm going to stick to... The uh, you know, I I've gone back between thirty two and twenty six games. I'll definitely think think that we're closer to thirty two than uh, twenty six. I think it's either going to be thirty two to thirty five, but I don't know if we're going to be able to make the playoffs. It's just going to be tough. There's a lot of veteran teams around that eighth spot, so it's just going
0: to be tough. Well, the one thing I think uh, I think is encouraging is this team is looking to defend home court. Yes, um, so four and one so far. So they're putting more of an emphasis on that, and, and uh, and I think one thing that's helped is like, and I like I said in the last podcast, the energy at Staples has been great around these games. Yes, uh, and and it just be con- you know it'd be great to just continue seeing that from Lakers fans because that also just an- helps encourage give the it gives the team energy. Yeah, it lifts, it lifts them up. Um, but yeah, you know it's it it is gonna be tough, and I have been thinking about that. You know, we have a tough uh, next couple games coming up, but. It, it's only a learning experience and this team's only going to get better from these games. And, uh, I think with each game, the team's going to, you know, improve. And as people do have more tape on these teams, they'll be able, these guys are going to be more able to adapt. They're going to be more accustomed to the offense. Cause remember, Luke is still teaching them a lot of points to of the offense. He spent most of the off season in training camp on defense. They've been working on that, mm-hmm. you know, mostly and it, which has been great to see because, you know, you're seeing Julius play center most nights at the fourth quarter to close games. He's doing a really good job. Yeah. Um, But uh, let's um, let's let's talk about these games, you know, coming up. Uh, We got San Antonio. We're we're gonna just preview the next five games, uh, which are San Antonio, Chicago, OKC, and Uh, back to back, and and back to back Golden State. All right, man. So let's uh, let's start off here with San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Um, Kawhi Leonard, no Tim Duncan.
1: Um, it's a it's a little bit different of a look for uh, the San Antonio Spurs. They got Pau Gasol, um, uh, one of our Laker Laker favorites. I know you've always worn his jersey, Chris. I still think it's your, I think it's one of your prized possessions.
0: Um, they
1: have Pau going. They have Kawhi going. They have Tony Parker going. They they still got a lot of the same faces in San Antonio. The
0: nine and three San Antonio Spurs, by the way. Yeah. Still,
1: um. Still I mean, still the it's class the of the record. West because. Yeah. When you have Kawhi Leonard, when you have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is someone I kept on forgetting to mention, you're going to be a pretty good team. Considering that LaMarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard were consistently a fourth seed in the West for Portland, um, when you have Kawhi Leonard and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, you're, you're already fourth seed capable, but you add players like Paul Gasol around them and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and Danny Green, I mean, all these players and Pops' system is just going to make you a tremendous team. This team's going to always play good defense, and they're always going to execute on offense. So you have to – you can't make mistakes because they're going to beat you without you making any mistakes. So the one thing the Lakers have been horrible with this year is they're, like, top five in the league in turning the ball over. So if we continue to turn the ball over and – Dudes and commit stupid fouls, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot, and San Antonio can blow this game wide open.
0: Well, they are coming off a, a 110-105 victory against the Kings in which uh, LaMarcus Aldridge do- dropped 21 points at six rebounds, Kawhi Leonard dropped 20 points at six rebounds, and Pal Gasol had 24 points and, and grabbed nine boards himself. Um, you know, Pal Gasol obviously offensively makes his team a lot better, so that's, you know, it's one thing you got to always watch out for. Um, Tony Parker hasn't been his, his usual self this year. I think he's playing uh, like through an injury or uh-huh. know, trying to work through that. But this team is, you know, is, is solid 1 through 15 because they're well-coached. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see not only, uh, you know, the uh, our team versus their team, but um, see Luke Walton get a, a taste of going up against uh, Greg Popovich. You know what I mean? Because... Uh, He's Luke's already shown that he's a good young coach, and I think he's, it's going to be a valuable learning experience to see him go up against Pop as well.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you, you were hoping that Luke is a Popovich-like coach for us. I mean, to think that Popovich started out with the San Antonio Spurs only winning 17 games, and then I basically think after that first season, I think he's won 50 games ever since. <laughs> At least it feels that way.
0: You know, that uh, first season, uh, the David Robinson was hurt. That, yeah, yeah. Like that that's the way they got tim yeah, duncan. that's why they got tim duncan yeah
1: yeah so um popovich has just been committed to excellency and probably the second best coach behind phil jackson in nba history i mean you can put red all back over there but he was also whatever i don't want to talk about red <laughs> yeah, is back podcast. yeah
0: um so the celtic dick can go talk about it somewhere else yeah
1: exactly um
0: but I, I think, think that's their podcast. I don't know. I just, <laughs> that's I don't know. their official it's podcast. It's not my best work, but you're know, talking you you're not always going to have a talking bull for everybody yeah, else.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not the same thing. But anyway, um, I think that seeing Luke being... Because one big thing we just got done talking about, Luke, is his second half adjustments. You're not going to just be able to out-adjust Greg uh, Popovich in the second half. It's just not going to happen. This guy's gone through many chess matches in the playoffs... <laughs> He knows every team, like, very, very well. so And he knows that he's always going to be able – his team is always going to be able to execute. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. I think a big matchup in this uh, Match game of minds is a matchup of minds between Luke and Greg Popovich. So, what do you got next for us?
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so, this is a, a, a thing we're bringing to um – to the Lake take after I kind of mentioned it briefly. Uh, I was talking about, you know, who's the guy who's always killing us. Um, so now we're going to have a, a little segment co- uh, here when we preview games called uh, He's Killing Us. Yeah. Where we uh, look at the teams and pick the most random uh, role player on the bench who's, for some reason, is going to drop 20 to 30 points in the Lakers. Because, I mean, it happens.
1: If there was, like, a picture... Of, of one player to represent this he's killing us segment it would be Aaron Brooks I believe
0: <laughs> Aaron Brooks yeah you could put Aaron Brooks in there uh, Mike Miller was always a good one yeah uh, we talked about Berea uh, your brother and I uh, and yeah. he, he did he had a nice game against us uh, Every Set, team Seth Curry them. might be a, a new one yeah Vaughn wafer had two games there where he was well, like, he was pissed that we let yeah, him go Pissed that we let him go all right so I'm gonna bring up uh, so let's let's do this. For the He's Killing Us selection, you have two choices, okay? Okay. I have the um, I have the Spurs roster pulled up right now, and I'm giving it a good, you know, look over. And there's two names that already pop out. Um, and uh, these, these are my two guys. The first is, uh, I think his name is Jonathan Simmons. Jonathan Simmons, yeah. You know, he's, just, he's one of those guys. I look at him, um, he's a total Popovich guy that, you know, made this team out of nowhere and has been a solid basketball player for them. Uh, that's my. Uh, He's a good
1: example for um, they're finding talent in the D League. He was a guy yeah. that came up through the D League. He had to pay um, to submit. Uh, he had to pay to submit his own uh, tape to for tryouts for the D League. Huh. So that's pretty insane.
0: And uh, secondly, um, Patty Mills. I'm going Patty Mills. <laughs> Patty
1: you? Mills was the name that came up before you brought up both those names. I think Patty Mills is just. He's a grizzled vet by this point. Yeah. He was huge for them in their last finals victory against uh, was it, it was Miami. Yeah, he so, gets
0: hot. He he he's hot. Yeah. He, he really puts the ball in the in the basket.
1: He, he's the heir apparent to Tony Parker. He's a guy that with the, if you look at like the Brooklyn at the Grand Nets, Olympics. Yeah, if you look like at the Brooklyn Nets and a few other teams in the NBA who have kind of weak back courts, you can see Patty
0: Mills starting for a lot of these
1: teams in the NBA.
0: Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a typical guy, the guy you need. And it was really fun to watch Australia play in the Olympics, like I was mentioning, just because uh, he was like their leading score for them. And he was really aggressive. Yeah. And he went out, you know, the, the some of the better point guards um, across the world.
1: Yeah, he's like the oil in the machine. He's going to keep the offense moving. And then he's also going to be able to kill you from outside. I think that this guy is going to give D'Angelo a rough, a rough time. He's going to... He's going to be very important for the Spurs to stop our second unit from going off because I believe he'll be given the assignment of Lou Williams. I think that uh, if he's able to take Lou Williams out of his game, make Lou Williams play a little bit more defense than he's he's used to playing, I think that could spell a little bit of trouble for the Lakers in the second unit battle because although the Lakers have the best uh, scoring bench in the NBA currently, the San Antonio Spurs have been together like, yeah, a lot longer than 12 games. So um, look for that matchup to be a little rough for the Lakers. We'll, see, we'll really be testing our bench against the San Antonio Spurs. But, yeah, for me, I would go with Patty Mills completely because that was the guy I thought about immediately when this segment was created for the San Antonio
0: Spurs. Patty Mills, um, anybody else? Um, or you just want to stick with Mills I mean you don't have don't have my Mills your guy All right. Mills was my guy when I was thinking about the Spurs. I'll take it so overall San Antonio Spurs versus the Los Angeles Lakers who you got
1: um, this is gonna I think this one's gonna go to the Spurs. I think that um, the Spurs are a team that aren't gonna lose games to teams that they're supposed to beat um, and for a lot of the reason that the Lakers, have done well this year. This team is going to come in and they're going to execute well both on both ends of the floor. And sometimes we catch like teams like the Golden State Warriors off guard. But I think that San Antonio, uh, to this point, has seen that the Lakers are here to play. They're not here to mess around. And for that reason, I think they're going to take this game a lot more seriously than they might have priorly. So I think that San Antonio is going to get the W. I'm
0: going to go ahead and uh, give this game to us, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um I think the when we, when we come out playing against teams that uh that are better perceived as better the Lakers have, have been coming out and and playing really you know twice as hard cuz they want to show we you know we belong too and I I just I'm hoping that we can get one of those uh those victories where we play hard enough cuz they only beat the Kings by 5 points in their last game so I think we can give them a run for their money All right now moving on to Chi-Town, Chi-town. the Bulls um Jimmy Butler is your father. Jimmy Butler is your father. The 5 and 4 Chicago Bulls coming off a 98-95 victory against the Heat in the most recent game, which saw Jimmy Butler dropped 20 points and grabbed four boards. Dwayne Wade also had 13-7 and 4 against his former team. Um they've been looking pretty okay this year. They they came out with a hot start, you know, now their their record's coming up more and more to 500. I think it's a, a game we have a very good chance at winning because this team doesn't kill you from the threes, the three, you know, no, three point perspective it, a lot, no, not at all. Um, so on, you know, defensively, you're gonna have to really protect the paint, and I think they, they're gonna be able to do a good job at that. And um, I just think that with our second unit and our first unit alone, I don't think the Bulls could really uh, hang with us. Yeah, I think that um, this was a team
1: that was. Really, that really confused a lot of NBA experts coming into the season, especially with the hiring of uh, Fred Hoiberg after the um, they let go of Tom Thibodeau. They thought they, their offense would be a lot more free-moving, that um, there wouldn't be such an emphasis on the defensive end and that they would get a lot more open looks um, on the offensive end. But they go ahead and clog up the clog up the toilet of their offense and <laughs> um, sign Dwayne Wade. The new OKC? Yeah, they signed. Yeah, the new OKC. They sign Dwayne Wade. They sign Rajon Rondo, two guys that aren't able to shoot the outside basket. And Jimmy Butler, who, I you know, I think that he's a guy that they're going to force to develop an outside jumper. <laughs> I think cause yeah. he has the talent to develop an outside jumper. So, you know, Dwayne Wade's taken more threes this year. He's still not the greatest three-point shooter, but, um, you know, this is... I think that we play them twice in this next 18 games. I think that um, we're probably going to split these two games just because, you know, it's hard to beat the same team twice because those teams start to remember um, that, you know, you, they lost to you. So I think that this first game against the Bulls coming up in Staples Center could is going to be the win for us. I think... Um, yeah, because I just think that our offense is a lot more fluid. I mean, we're a top, ne- we're a top ten offense already this season, in offense efficiency.
0: So, so let me ask you this: Who's he's killing us? <laughs> I don't know. Why I raise a. <laughs> Who's gonna kill? us? When it comes to our "he's killing us" segment here, um, let's look at the roster up and down. Uh, two names come to mind for me: Dougie McBuckets <laughs> and Miritich. Yeah,
1: the. Um, I mean, white guys that can shoot an open jumper have always been known to kill the Lakers. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich killed us. Um, you brought up Mike we Miller before. We did not bog down on Bogdanovich. Um, you got a Bogdanovich <laughs> on us, but then we... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you talked about Mike Miller before that. The um, guy that's killed us before, but we actually kept in check last game, was Kyle Korver. Or not last game, but the last time we played yeah. him. But I agree with your two picks. Um, I don't... I would probably go with Dougie McBuckets.
0: Now, just to let everybody know, we have no stati- statistical data to prove that these guys are going to kill us. Unless um, it's Aaron Brooks. It's statistically yeah, proven. Yeah, unless it's Aaron Brooks. I mean, that's proven. Is Aaron Brooks on this team anymore, on the Bulls? No. Okay, thank God. No. I th- yeah, he moved. Yeah. Um, that guy's all over the place. He wishes, every, every team wishes he was playing us. Like. Yeah, right. A game. Anyways, uh, my dad would always go, why can't we get that guy? I can't. That guy be on our team. Yeah, I know. He almost <laughs> right. kills us. Yeah, it's almost just us. to
1: get him on his our team
0: so he doesn't play us. So you're gonna agree with me then? You got you got uh, McDermott and, and Mirtich. You got you like those guys?
1: Yeah, I, I like I like both those guys to be able to go out and kill us. Um. Oh yeah, Aaron Brooks. We played him earlier this year against the Indiana Pacers. That oh, was bugging me. But mm. yeah, <laughs> Mirtich and Dougie, Dougie McBuggets, Those are two guys that have great potential to kill us. Two white guys that can shoot behind the uh, three point arc. Just just very well
0: looking like they're gonna kill us. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, this is kind of a good segment into the next game, and we're gonna. I know we usually get to save these for the end of the preview of the team, but we already know who's gonna be killing us against uh, OKC. and it's gonna be Russell Westbrook, so that one's an easy answer. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we already saw them once this season, in which you know they, they really just out-talented us. I felt they, they uh, the Lakers tried their best to fight to stay in that game the whole time, and then in the end, OKC just ended up running away with it. Uh, it's good that we've already seen them once because I think it's going to give the team a, a good nice little fire under their ass to mm-hmm. to perform even better and come out and you know show that we that they've learned from the, the mistakes of the last game. Agreed. Uh, like I mentioned, Luke was great coming out of second half adjustments so I, I can only imagine how good he's going to be preparing for a, a team a second time around after already seeing him. Yeah, agreed. I Especially think. seeing him uh, relatively not that long ago, only a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and there's only so much that Russell Westbrook can do for this team. I think that um, if we play well and we just let Russ go off, maybe for you know, let him score fifty. Okay, <laughs> like let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. Just don't let those assist numbers start use the, to climb.
0: Yeah, use the Phil Jackson method of a uh, of offense when it came to players back in the day. I mean, remember Yao Ming when he was having a really good year? Phil Jackson said, "Let him get you know 30, 40 points." Don't yeah. let anybody else beat you. Because if you allow just one player to kill you, the, that team's
1: going to continue to go to that player, get a lot of other people out of rhythm. And, you know, Will Chamberlain's the only guy to score 100 points in one game. And the Lakers could, like we just said, has scored 125 four times this season. So with <laughs> going with those odds, I like if only one player is going to beat us, um, that's fine. I think that uh, Russell Westbrook did turn on the Jets late, in our last game against Oklahoma City, and he was the reason for them winning. But if you saw, he got a triple-double and just destroyed us that way. I, I, if we keep his assists total down and we allow him just to go off scoring and piss him off to just make him fly at the rim constantly, I think this team is um, good enough to play um, through everyone on our offensive end to get the win.
0: Yeah, so um, are you taking the Lakers in this in this game against OKC? Yeah.
1: The, tell you the truth, I think we're going two and two. And I think that it's going to be
0: Chicago and OKC. I think those are our two wins. You think Chicago and OKC? Well, I already gave, San, I already gave us a, a win over San Antonio. I don't think they're going to be able to. Uh, I think OKC is going to have one of those Russell Westbrook pulling <laughs> it out late moments. Um, and he's going to get aggressive. Very, very possible. And he always just plays so good in L.A. Yeah, you know he, he's always playing really well because he's from here. Yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on, uh, we're gonna group these games together. That's kind of why we wanted. That's why we're doing five today. Uh, we got Golden State twice, yeah. once Going before back, Turkey Day, back. and then once after Turkey Day, once they're all stuffed up. Um, uh, I I'm kind of interested to see what the, what's gonna happen. Um, I we really should see where. Uh, let me see. I'll pull up my schedule right now. Cause I'm just curious to see if we're over there first. Cause if we are over there, I believe there, we're home first. We're home first. Let's yeah, see. It's home then away. What day is Thanksgiving? Next Thursday, the 23rd. We're in Oracle. We're at Oracle the day before. So really. I think when it comes to that game, we're gonna get killed. We're we're in Oracle. It's their home. You know, it's their home stadium. I think we're coming off of a back. Yeah, we played the Thunder the night before, so we're over there. Scheduled loss. Yeah, I think it's a scheduled loss. Um. Just because, you know, we're playing them back-to-back. We already beat them one time, and they're going to be pissed about that. Yeah, there's so no they're gonna, way. They're going to come out looking to to uh, get a little bit of revenge there. And uh, I'm trying to think. I think we have a better shot at, at the next game coming back at home, though. I think we can get them there when they're going to they come back here after having a good night with their families. At least I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping we can get one of those games against Gold State. Uh, it's It'll be really tough, um, especially because they're just going to be on high alert as, after we – beat them by 20 points in the, in the last Yeah. F- I mean, why, why fucking couldn't we... That Cross <laughs> bomb is brought Cross to you by at Crossbones Podcast. I almost made it through this whole podcast without dropping one. Uh-huh. Um, how could we not, you know, like just beat them by like five points and make them less mad?
1: Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's tough. I think that this Golden State team, if we're able to show that we can split a season series against someone like Oak, I mean, uh, Golden State, I think that will show a big growth. For the Lakers, it will also show that we stole Theo Roberts from the uh, Golden State staff, who's been tasked with scouting the Golden State Warriors. But um, I think that the Golden State Warriors will come out angry this first game. They're going to beat us. I I hope it's not big time, because I think that our team's going to show enough fight to keep it close enough. But we're definitely going to – we're definitely probably – We're probably going to lose that first game against uh, Golden State just because there's so much working against us. And, um, I mean, we already got our big win against uh, Golden State.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're we're always good for one every year. Um, Like
1: Steve Kerr said, the annual beatdown at Staples Center. The
0: annual beatdown at Staples Center, which is going to be coming more frequently at those Warriors. Let's hope so, man. Uh, All right. Well, I think now's as good a time as any to uh, wrap up the old podcast. Yeah, the, yeah, the podcast. I, I like the podcast. The podcast went well. You know, you know we had uh, we had people looking at us. I felt like uh You feel like a freak. Almost felt like it was at LA Live and I was hosting it there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? But nobody's looking for us. Yeah, well, no, nobody's wanted to talk we're to us. We're not snubbing anyone like Marcellus snubbed you. Oh yeah, Snub Cellus. Snub Cellus Wiley. Yeah, but um yeah, it was it was a funny feeling doing it in a car, but anything to get these start
0: going again because the Lakers need support from po- local podcasts. Yeah, like us, man. I mean, <laughs> and now you know now that we got some more credibility, it, it'd be nice to to be able to do more of these. I'm really glad we were able to to get to together and do this one because you know it's, these are becoming Me and you are few and few. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, a, and it's crazy because like the last one, I was already saying like, oh, we're doing solo podcasts, and now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but you know we'll continue to do the solo podcast. We'll continue to try to get together and keep these going along. Yeah, we so just
1: want to get as many out as we possibly can. So
0: even if I had to go deliver uh, pizza and pick up Chev on the way, you know we we've discussed that as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think that would be an interesting podcast. We can probably talk about more than the Lakers on that one. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, that's, that's like, shitty tips. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> we shits. Could, you know we shits. Yeah, you know what? We'll talk about my segment idea from Shitty Tips already after we conclude this one. But um,
0: bring us home, Chris. All right. So from CPB Radioactive Studios, this has been The Lake Take with Chris and Daniel. I'm Chris. And I'm Daniel. Have a good day, everyone. He loves you. <laughs>